0: This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. If you've found yourself scrolling through endless TikToks or YouTube shorts, chances are you've come across influencers who want to hand out financial advice. Free massive tax mistakes that Australians keep on making. No, you don't need to be a millionaire to start earning some money from your money. We have to learn how to manage our money even when we're making $50,000 a year so that we can manage our money when we're making $100,000 a year and more these so-called Finfluencers will tell you about investing strategies or how to negotiate a contract. They'll let you know about hidden tax loopholes or ways to purchase a home. And it's a massive category of content.
1: So let's say I only have $100 and I'm looking to start investing. This is what I would do.
0: Well, I invest in the stock market, collect dividends, and I sell cover calls and cash-secure puts, which gives me around $6,000 to $8,000 every single month. Brands in the financial sector love working with these influencers. Some of the top TikToks under the Fintok hashtag can rack up hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of views. However, these influencers have regulators concerned. This week, ASIC, the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, issued guidance to social media influencers over concerns that some could be providing illegal financial advice, which could land them in prison for up to five years. Financial literacy is an important skill for everyone to have. But what can finfluencers actually talk about? And how can you identify whether what you're watching is good, sound advice or something you should probably ignore?
1: Well, FinFluencers can be people uh, that use those platforms like TikTok and other social media platforms to get people's attention and to increase their followers. Often these people can be quite flashy, they um, highlight their their success, I suppose, visually through images of their fancy cars and gold jewellery and all of that sort of thing. So it might be that type of flashy influencer, or just someone in general that talks about um, money or recommending financial products.
0: This is Dr. Tracy West, a lecturer in behavioural finance at Griffith University and her research focus is on financial literacy.
1: So, you do have to have a license to provide financial information. Financial advice can be general advice or personal advice, but only qualified and licensed financial advisors or financial counsellors are allowed to give that advice by law.
0: How do we differentiate what is financial advice and what is just general financial information?
1: That is a really good question. So if you are talking to an individual, um, you have some awareness of their personal circumstances and you are advising them to buy, to sell, to hold or to change particular products or uh, insurance products they have or any investments, then that is personal advice for which you need a qualification and a license for. General advice can be, you, you can give information about characteristics of assets. But as soon as you are going down the pathway of making a recommendation about whether to buy, hold, sell or or anything else, um, then you're going into that really difficult um, territory where you might be breaching the law.
0: Many countries have laws around who can provide financial information, and influencers have regulators concerned. The financial conduct authority in the uk has pointed the finger at large tech platforms indicating that they should take more responsibility for the role that they play in connecting people to investment opportunities they also indicated that new investors were twice as likely to rely on social platforms for their information in december the dutch authority for the financial markets afm published the results of a study looking at financial influences They found that despite many providing statements saying that they don't provide financial advice, the content then spoken about in the videos is actually financial advice. They also found that very few influencers are actually neutral in their comments and that there's a lack of transparency when these influencers are actually making money from recommending products. Many influencers will make statements saying that what they're providing is not financial advice. Some will even put up warning signs in the background of their videos, but is this enough of a warning for viewers who might come across their content?
1: No, definitely not. Um, People are really swayed by what they see. So, if they see success, if they're listening to what you're saying, uh, a warning in the background is not sufficient. The onus is really on that influencer to know the law and to do the right thing by the people that might be considering what they're saying. Because at the end of the day, I just wanted to say, Chris, like there is a lot of trust um, that people place on, on people in positions that are giving them advice. Often we don't know what information we can rely on. We don't know um, how the person that is giving us information is paid for that advice. And so we can easily be swayed by what we see and not understand what it is we need to know to know whether it's independent information in, in good faith or whether it is to influence our purchasing decisions.
0: Now, not all information provided by financial influencers is bad. Some of it is factual and quite useful. So, could some of this useful content be filling a void that exists in financial knowledge? That's coming up after this short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter, and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. Improving financial literacy is an issue that many startups around the world are now trying to solve. In 2015, a global FinLit survey found that roughly one-third of people could be considered financially literate. Focusing just on the US, that figure was around 57%. Now a lot of the people engaging with FinFluencer content are students and young adults. So what do we know about financial literacy amongst students?
1: We do know quite a bit about students. There are some worldwide surveys done and Australian students take part in that around the age of 15 years old. Um, We do know that Australian students are comparatively pretty good compared to other countries in the OECD, but there are definitely um, knowledge pitfalls. So they often don't know about particular financial concepts like risk and return, diversification, um, also the role of understanding inflation and how that can um, erode your returns on your money or the value of your money. So there are some key financial concepts that younger students aren't aware of and that's not their fault because a lot of building financial knowledge comes from experience and the ability to do so by earning an income. And then with that income, having choices of what you make with your money and buying a house and all those big financial decisions really improve your financial knowledge. So it's not young people's fault necessarily that um, they don't know a lot and it improves as you age because of those other opportunities that you have. But young people can be, especially in Australia, young people can be good at skills, um, understanding uh, a statement like a... Uh, a mobile phone statement, for example, they they know how to digest the information in that. There's lots of things that they are good at for their age, but there's lots that they need to learn. And of course, when we're that age, we, uh, we know everything, right? So it's really easy to want to get rich quick. We see a lot of people on our Instagram feeds um, getting rich quite young through social media and being influencers. And so I think that can lead to unrealistic expectations.
0: Are, are some of these um, influences filling, filling a gap and helping to, to actually provide uh, you know, education that, that young, young adults and students aren't getting elsewhere?
1: Oh, that is such a great question. Yes, there is a massive gap. Um, professional financial advice costs quite a bit of money. Uh, only people with the means to get that advice can do that. So there is a really big gap for people of low incomes or young people to get the information that they are seeking, but in a really accessible way. Um, there is some movement towards um, fintech apps and things to help meet that need. Uh, but again, there is a gap in the market. So yes, absolutely. And I really support these influencers if they're going about this in a really productive way. Like I'm, I'm really happy that there are knowledge of financial concepts are out there and being discussed and debated and um, I don't want to use this word but kind of sexified, right? Made it really um, cool to know about this stuff and be interested in money and managing your money. I think that is absolutely fantastic and it is what we need because that's older people... Um, we don't sell it <laughs> the way that these other cool people sell it on social media, so we we do need to fill that gap and get them interested. And then from there, it is about educating them about what information is independent, what what other sources of information might help you to make a more informed decision. But if if I if the influencer can influence uh, a young person to save regularly for Twenty thirty years, and that is a fantastic thing.
0: Also, making news today. Around 30 Australian news outlets have today stopped publishing content, as part of a 24-hour news freeze. The move is in protest to big tech platforms ignoring smaller media companies that they are required to negotiate with as part of Australia's news media bargaining legislation. The bargaining code forces tech giants Google and Facebook to pay news companies for their content. The blackout is targeted largely at Meta, and uses the hashtag WaitingOnZuck. In September, Meta told publishers that it was no longer negotiating, meaning many Australian news publishers missed out on the lucrative content arrangements. A Russian court has claimed that Meta is guilty of extremist activity. It's a ruling that Russia has designated to groups such as the Taliban and ISIS, but which they've also applied to religious groups like Jehovah's Witnesses. Facebook and Instagram were both banned from Russia in retaliation for restricting access to Russian media sites after Russia invaded Ukraine. And Google has settled with six engineers that had accused the company of preventing efforts to organize. Four of the workers were fired for what Google claimed was breaching data security policies. The workers filed a lawsuit against Google, claiming that Google had retaliated against their lawful right to organize. The terms of the deal were not disclosed, and those involved are under an NDA. defrag is a production of lawson media the show today was produced and hosted by me christopher lawson if you're valuing the content that we're producing with this show then i encourage you to become a defrag member you'll get an ad-free feed early access to episodes and i'll even send you a sticker pack you can sign up at our website thedefrag.com that's all the news today i'll be back with more tomorrow